2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3 is really where we'll be at. But uh, the, verse that, uh, the verses that Jeff read will really be the main pull of our lesson. And praying for the mission is the title of this lesson. And in order for me to get to that title, allow me just a few minutes to put some things together. Can I have a few minutes of your time? Just a few minutes, not, not a whole bunch, just a few minutes and we'll be out of here. And if you, if you, I promise you, if you'll stay engaged in this lesson, it will bless your life. And it'll be something that you can take with you out those doors and you can take it to somebody. Praying for the mission. Jesus in Matthew chapter nine, verses 37 and 38, the Bible says this, then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Jesus asked his disciples a specific thing to do. He asked them to pray to the Lord for more laborers to help with the harvest. What was that harvest? It was the harvest of souls. And he asked them to pray about it. Jesus uh, in Luke chapter six, the Bible says, now it came to pass in verse 12 in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. And when it was day, he called his disciples to himself. And from them, he chose 12 whom he also named apostles. Think about that. The night that he was to name 12 disciples, his guys that he was going to have go and take this mission to the world before Jesus did that. What did he do, brethren? He went out to the mountain and prayed about it. Now think about that. Two instance, when we think about Jesus and what he did, we're talking about the man decided that it was an important thing before making a decision, before going out and doing something that uh, he needed to do, he prayed about it. When we think about the importance of prayer, shouldn't we as Christians, we as his disciples, his followers, shouldn't we spend some time in it? Amen. And not just some time in it. I'm talking about serious time in it. If Jesus leans so heavily upon this arm of prayer, how much more should we as his followers ask and seek and knock? And this is big for me. And I'm proud of what I'm about to say. So please smile when you hear this point. He wants his followers to ask. He wants them to seek. He wants them to knock to obtain providential support. Am I right? Providential support from the king. See, I don't offer a prayer up because it's some false idol. No, I offer my prayer up to a living God who can do living things. Amen. He can do living things. You remember what James said in James chapter 5, verse 16? He talks about confessing your trespasses to one another. And then he mentions this. He says, and pray for one another 
that you may be healed. See, I pray because I want to be healed. I remember so many requests that we've had in this building for people to get better. And you know, some didn't. But you know what? Some did. And for that, we should say, glory be to God, right? Because I prayed for a situation earnestly without doubting that he could answer it, and he did. My request was answered when I asked. He says that the, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Have you ever had much thought about that? When you put 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 12 in conjunction with this verse, it opens up why a righteous man avails much. Y'all ready for it? This is how awesome the Word of God is. Watch 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 12. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. See, you want to know why the righteous man avails much in his prayer? Because God's eyes are on him. Don't you want God's eyes on you? You remember, maybe when you were little, I remember this. If I wasn't doing what I'm supposed to do and I looked over and saw my mom looking at me, what did she have? She had her eyes on me, didn't she? That was not a good feeling. But in this instant, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. And look at what else it says. And he, his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Would you say that this statement is true? If the Lord is with us, who can be against us? Huh? Doesn't that give you a confidence to do some things? If the Lord is with me, who can be against me? David had that confidence, didn't he? I talk about this illustration all the time, but it's so true. David, this little shepherd boy, took on this big warrior named Goliath and he beat him with one stone. No doubt, no despair, no worry. I'm about to deal with you because God is with me. Paul, without a doubt, also believed that God answered prayers. Wouldn't you say that's true? He frequently prayed for the church and frequently he asked the church for, to pray for him. Check out Romans chapter 15, verse 30. Paul says this. This is how important he thought prayer was. I beg you. I'm begging you. I'm begging you for money. No. I'm begging you for a place to stay. No. I'm begging you... For some clothes that I can put on my back. No. I beg you brethren. Through the Lord Jesus Christ. And through the love of the spirit. That you strive together with me. In prayers to God. For me. He begged them. Because he knew. How important prayer was. He knew how powerful prayer was. Look at what he says in Colossians chapter 4 verse 3. He says, meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open to us a door for the word. Why in the world would Paul pray and ask people to pray for him to open the door if God wasn't going to open the door? Did God open the door for Paul? Huh? 
He says, to speak the mystery of Christ for which I'm also in chains. I don't care that I'm in chains. I don't care that I'm locked up. I want you guys to pray that a door can be opened even though I'm in this situation. And Paul so eloquently in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 25 says, brethren, pray for us, right? He says, pray for us. Why do I bring that up? Why do I want to uh, nail down on this fact that prayer is a powerful thing? Because we see over and over in the word of God, even in the illustrations that I've given, that God hears the righteous when they pray. Prayer is an act in which we speak to God. Amen. It's a prayer. Uh, when we pray, we give thanks, don't we? When we pray, we make requests, don't we? When we pray, we sometimes even pour our heart out to God, don't we? Have you ever, pour, ever poured your heart out to God? Have you ever been a little bit upset with God? But what did you do? Offered it up, didn't you? And the beauty of the Bible, if we say that it's true and we believe that the Bible and the words are uh, absolutely inspired by him, what we know is the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are listening to their requests. So this morning, I want to beg you. I want to ask you. I want you to pray for a specific thing for me, will you? Will you this morning? Will you take the time out for the rest of this month? Just, just do it this month. You probably do it already, but I want you to take some serious consideration for the rest of this month, which isn't much, in your prayer time to pray earnestly for a specific situation for me, will you? Because I believe, as Paul did, I believe, as Peter did, I believe, as Jesus did, that prayer of the saints is effective. Don't you? See, I want us here at Fountainhead to begin to pray seriously about something. You want to know what it is? I want us to pray seriously for the gospel message to go out into the world. How about that? Y'all ready for it? Praying for the harvest of souls that Jesus was talking about to his disciples would be available to go out and reach. How can we focus on praying specifically as laborers to be effective on the mission? How can we as saints pray specifically to the Lord that he would help light a fire within us? Is it dwindling out? Is the light go, going dim? Could you care less? How can we pray that this fire will ignite to go into the world and really change it? We can vote all we want, brethren, but you know what? This is the only thing that will change it. This is it. 
And I'm not opposed to voting and I'm not getting into that. But this is what changes the world. This is it. Let's read 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 1 through 2 again and see how Paul wanted the brethren to pray for him and his crew as they continued to take the message to the world. Three points and the lesson will be yours. Let's read. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may run swiftly and be glorified just as it is with you and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for not all have faith. First thing to consider, brethren, will you pray that the word of the Lord would do something? That it would run swiftly? (laughs) This is an awesome, awesome word. Have you ever watched the 100-meter relay race in the Olympics? Have you seen how fast them guys are? Have you seen how fast they jump out of the box and here they go around the corner and as soon as they start coming around, they know the exact time to take off and get their hand back and wait for the baton and by the time they receive it, they're at full speed. It's incredible. Have you ever seen when it doesn't go right? (laughs) I remember watching them boys practice in college and they were fast and I remember the new guy came and he was the second uh, one. We were throwing the football, watching him practice, and, 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 and here comes the first guy. He jumps out of the, the blocks, and he's going around the corner, and, and the guy's waiting and waiting, and he's like, go, 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 and he won't go, and he has to slow down and hand him the baton. Well, what's happened? It's not working right, is it? Now he has to pick up his speed and start going, but you know what? They kept practicing that. They kept practicing that. And I'm going to tell you what, that young boy that started, he'd stick his hand right out. He'd grab that baton. He wouldn't even look back, and he would be gone. How fast that baton gets passed to the next runner on the team is the key. Paul said, pray for us that the gospel, that the word of the Lord would run swiftly. He said that he prayed, he wanted these brethren to pray that the word of the Lord would spread like this baton being passed from runner to runner. Now think about this. How does that happen? Who's the runners, brethren? (laughs) We are. Aren't we? I don't like to run. This is a figurative illustration, okay? I'm trying to ride my bike, but I'm not to running yet. So I don't run. But think about the spiritual application that this makes. If we're all running our race, as the Bible says, and we're all disciplining our bodies and bringing them into subjection, if we're all going by what the Word says and we're trying to live the life that's faithful to God... Are we not a good team? You you remember when you obeyed the gospel. Do you remember how it felt? 
I'm sorry, y'all. If, if it bothers you that I bring this up every time, I apologize. Because you know what happened? The day that I became a child of God, it changed me forevermore. Forevermore. I realized what grace was. I realized what mercy was. I realized somebody that loved me and cared for me. How can we focus on praying as laborers to be effective on the mission? We pray that the word will run swiftly. But have we gotten complacent in our obedience to the mission? Think about what we get to deliver to the lost, brethren. We get to deliver the treasure, the prized possession, Jesus and his blood. Huh. I'm asking this morning, just as Paul asked these Thessalonians, can we begin to pray that the word of the Lord will run swiftly by us here at Fountainhead? To Portland, that it'll run swiftly to our jobs, that it'll run swiftly to our families. The second thing to consider this morning we need to pray that the word of the Lord runs swiftly, but we also need to pray that the word of the Lord, and this one is a huge point, that it would be glorified. You ever thought about that? That it, There we go. Paul wanted the brethren to pray that the value of the word of God would be taken seriously by the hearers. Brethren, I don't have to talk too much about us realizing what kind of a place we live in. Am I right about it? Have you ever tried to talk to somebody about Jesus and they say, oh, man, that's just some old mess, man. Uh, I mean, that's some old rules that was way back then. See, his prayer request was that it would run swiftly and then when it would get to the person that they would actually hear it. Now think about that. He's asking God to help him with that situation. I'm going to be honest with you. I pray to go talk to people, right? But I don't really dive into some serious time thinking about how it's going to affect them and how they're going to receive it. But you know what? Today is a new day, and I'm different in my prayer life because of this. To God be the glory. Amen? He changed my life. In this lesson, this was a very great and important request. The world that we live in doesn't want to hear it, but you know what? People still do. Not everybody, but people still do. You remember what Paul said in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. You remember what he said? And this is what we know, brethren. This was, it should be what's driving us, brethren. 
He says, for this reason, we also thank God without ceasing because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God. And here it is. Here it is, which also effectively works in you who believe. Why do I want to tell somebody the truth? Why do I want to tell them about Jesus Christ? Why do I want to tell them that this guy 2,000 years ago came to this earth, he died on the cross, he resurrected on the third day, and he did it for a reason that is so powerful that it can change anybody. Why? Because I need them to believe it. Because it's the truth. Amen? It's the truth. Without Jesus Christ, the wages for your sin, the payment for your sin is death, separation from God. How many of us in here have ever done something that we weren't supposed to do? Congratulations, your payment is death. But there's a gift, and it's a free one, and it came by way of somebody's life, and his name is Jesus, the Messiah. That's why we need to pray so people will understand when we tell them this truth that the word of the Lord will effectively work in them. Am I right? If I do what God says to do, can you not see a difference in your life? I seen it live and direct yesterday. I'm not going to go into the thought, but... I seen a guy that I knew from way back when. And you want to know what he told me? He appreciated me. That carries some weight. We need to pray that the word of the Lord will be glorified when we proclaim it. Amen. All we got to do is get it out there. Lord, let them hear your truth. Let it get inside of them. Let them think about it because once they get it, they'll be changed forevermore. But how do you present it? Is your life a mess? Are you hateful? Are you negative? Are you, uh, are you somebody who is, I don't, how are you going to tell me about Jesus? And I see the way you are. Are we somebody who's an example? Is our life magnified? By the love of Christ that's within us. We need to pray that the word of the Lord would run swiftly. We need to pray that the word of the Lord would be glorified. And finally, we need to pray to be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. Now, Here we are blessed in this country. Here we are. Freedom to do whatever we want. However we want to worship, we have the ability to do it. And I'm so thankful for that. But we know in other countries it's not like that. We know that uh, one day it may be like that here. Who knows? But you know what? In the first century, in Paul's time, it was like that. Could you imagine, just imagine with me for a minute, 
the Roman soldiers walking in and declaring everybody to stand up and you have to make the declaration that you believe that Jesus Christ is the Lord or the declaration that you believe that the Caesar is really the Lord, what would you say? Paul says, whether I'm alive or whether I'm dead, you know what I'm preaching? Jesus as crucified. Sold out. The sad reality is, though, that not everyone's going to accept the truth. All have the opportunity, but not all will take advantage. I've talked to many of people that have gotten mad at me. Not because I'm trying to be disrespectful to them, and it breaks my heart. Paul says that not all will have faith. What a scary thought. But these unreasonable and these wicked men, if we look back in the context in Acts, we see in Acts chapter 17 this attack. In Acts chapter 17, verse 5, it says, But the Jews who were uh, not persuaded becoming envious, took some of the evil men from the marketplace and a gathering of a mob and set all the city in an uproar and attacked the house of Jason and sought to bring them out to the people. Could we withstand that? I mean, they came in and ripped. Just because Paul was there, Jason gets jerked out of his house. Now it's getting put on somebody else. Think about what happens in Acts 18, verse 12, when uh, Galileo was proconsul of Achaia, the Jews, with one accord, rose up against Paul and brought him to the judgment seat. Judgment seat means either you're guilty or not. Are you either going to live or you're going to die or you're getting locked up? That's the choice. Brethren, we need to be praying to be strong. We need to be praying that we're focused. We need to be praying for deliverance. Different countries have different various levels of religious freedoms, but Christians everywhere face those who oppose the spreading of God's word whether it comes by violence or somebody at work saying, get that mess out of here. And I'm going to tell you what, I've talked to somebody who has said, get that mess out of here, and they became a Christian. Huh? I'll never believe what you say. And they became a child of God and very faithful. Will we pray that the word of the Lord can run swiftly by us, brethren? Will we pray that when we speak to people that the word will be glorified just like we feel when we read it? It's so glorified, isn't it? And will we pray that we will be delivered from unreasonable and wicked people and be put in a position where we can change people's lives? Can we pray for that? If you pray for that seriously, you want to know, be ready. I'm going to give you a warning, all right? I should have put a warning sticker up here. But I'm going to give you a warning. If you really start praying for that, if all of us in here start praying for that, you better watch out because some things are going to happen, okay? 
You're going to open a box that you ain't going to be able to shut if you start really praying for it. And we'll be able to tell. Because don't we believe in God? Don't we believe that he hears us? Don't we believe that? Brethren, we have been commissioned by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to go into the world and to preach the gospel. We have been commissioned by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to go baptize them and go teach them all that he commanded us to do. I want to ask, I want to beg, I want to plead that we'll begin each day and each evening being passionate in our prayers for the mission that has been set before us. Can we do that, brethren? Pray that the laborers will become many and that they don't become discouraged in doing good. I want to close you with this thought. It's in your bulletin, but man, what a powerful verse. But the Lord is faithful, brethren, who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. Don't ever forget it. Don't ever forget the one that you serve is faithful. He's proven it every time in every story that he's faithful and he'll establish and he'll guard you from the evil one. Maybe you're here today and you're struggling in your walk as a Christian. Maybe you have become complacent. Maybe you're not doing things that you're supposed to do. Maybe You're living a life that's really a lie. You say that you're doing what God wants, but really you're not. If you need prayers, we can pray with you. You know, as a child of God, the beauty of repentance is when you ask for forgiveness, when you tell the Lord, I'm about to turn from this and I want you to forgive me of it, he forgives you. Oh, how powerful the blood of Jesus is. But maybe you're here today and you're not a Christian. I want to offer this gospel plea as though Christ were pleading through me. Be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God and you do it by obedience to the gospel. Believe in who he is. You do it by repenting and turning from your sins. Turning towards him. You, you do it by being willing to confess his name before men. I'm not ashamed to admit that Jesus is the Son of God. How about you? Being willing to to confess his name and being baptized in water. Jesus said it like this. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. If you want to be saved today, don't wait. Come. That's together we stand and sing.